Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Look at these Raider fans. Every time I do it makes me laugh. Every time I do it makes me laugh. Yo, I got something funky going on with my voice, but not as funky as... Fucking Raider fans losing. I did a prediction two weeks ago, wrote it on the site, arrowheadaddict.com. I said, bold predictions, AFC West from here on out. Raiders will win one game, one game for the whole rest of the fucking season. They won that first game, and I got personal emails that are like, you and your mom basement, you suck. You, me, Raider fan, you suck. It was like crazy. And you know what? You still only won one game. Fuck you, Raiders. It's a rivalry still. I'm here for it. Every time I listen to that Nickelback song or that photograph, it makes me laugh at all you loser Raiders fans. Sorry, we're two minutes in and I'm still ranting. Sterling, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. Good, dude. Uh, I love it, by the way. I love your animosity towards Raiders fans. What do you Hate them, always will, always have. Yeah, for for Black Friday, you know how like normal people get like Christmas presents or clothes or items, you know, because they're on sale. Do you think Raiders fans get like black eyeliner to look like Derek Carr uh, to reminisce about those days, like those spiky shoulder pads, you know? Um, yeah, shanks. Do you think they go and buy some some shanks, or I guess they they probably already have those made. I would assume uh, ankle monitors, you know, because you know they're they're gonna have to be on house arrest. You know that, so. <laughs> I assume that's what Raiders fans went out and bought. Are you allowed to go get like a Bill Romanowski replacement bandana to cry in, or do you use the same one over and over? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, if any Raiders fans want to chime in and let us know, um, oh, you know what it is? Is they they get a bus and they drive around for one quarter because that's all they have. They left after the first quarter to drive around. They didn't realize the second, third, and fourth quarter. Uh, They got absolutely smoked. Love it. Folks, we've obviously got some Raiders thoughts. Sorry in advance for my voice. Uh, To explain, last week, I spent the holidays in New York. Sterling, I'll tell you this. I spent the holidays in New York. My wife loves parades, loves anything to do with a parade. It's kind of crazy. I didn't like watching marching band when my friends were in marching band when we were in high school. Hey, bleep you, pal. Uh, Sorry. You know, it's like they throw kids, candy to kids, and it lands on the street. Then my son picks it up and eats it and gets like Ebola or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but, you know, we thought, hey, we we sent my son uh, to his grandparents' house. We went to New York City for the week, had a killer week. 
but and I love New York City, but Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade crowd, New York City, is like New York folds in on itself. They, they predicted three million people stood there on that on that route, like just that route. Three million people just crammed. When you left the hotel, you like within minutes, you couldn't even tell. Like you couldn't move in any direction. It was it was great. So of course, I'm going to come home with whatever the virus of the month club is in the world today. Cause I'm like, you know, basically making out with everyone from all over the world, you know, anyway. So I don't yeah, think we, that works. If you tell your wife that, that you were basically making out with everyone. I do. I, she was too, you know, Hey, we're here <laughs> for it. So yeah, you know, we had a great week. I came home with this. I'm in recovery mode. Uh, the voice is going, but the passion is not, we hate the Raiders. We got a lot to talk about here. We got a lot to talk about the Raiders. Uh, game and wrapping that up. We're going to be talking about a new offensive core and some key guys coming up. Speaking of Nickelback, the Chiefs just elevated maybe one there. Uh, we'll talk about the latest Chiefs transactions even from this afternoon in just a second. I want to I want to shift over to you though, my friend. Uh, you got something for our people? You got something for me? Are you doing what? All right. I do have stuff for people. Don't be sleeping on Sleeper Daily Fantasy. Uh, Sleeper hosts daily fantasy prop games that you can compete for a chance to win big cast prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you are given a pool of props for upcoming games across different sports. You pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total. You can choose up to eight different props for a chance at a bigger win. If you wanted to join in on the action, we've got you covered. Sign up with our promo code FANSIDED2 today to receive a deposit match up to $100 using, co using code FANSIDED2 when signing up not only gives you the great reward, but it also directly supports our podcast. So make sure you use promo code FANSIDED2 when you sign up. Offers available to new customers who are 18 plus, 19 plus New England, and 21 plus in Massachusetts in physically present and valid states. Please remember to always game responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Nice. Nice. You're looking good, sir, but you stopped feathering your hair. Well, it's not fe well, I don't actually feather it. That was just hopping out of the shower. I, that, that's just absolutely nothing. I got a right. vicious dog over here. Look how vicious this 30-pound dog is. Dude, he, he feathers his hair. Dude, this guy's feathered. Look, Bailey. Look, 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 dude. He kind of yeah. looks. Yeah. You got to move your camera. Anyway, yeah. uh, by the way, I love some of the early comments here. Uh, Phantom1090 says, Raiders Nation commitment to excrement. Which I don't know. I've never read that, but like, I'm here. I'm here for that. I'm here for that one. Thanks, thanks for the good laugh. Uh, Angry Drunken German says, "I own the basement, and right now there's Chargers fan living in it." Uh, right on. And then Flapjack City reminded me. I'd forgotten about this. Remember that someone planted the construction worker planted Kansas City Chiefs flags underneath Allegiant Stadium when it was being built. You know, which you know, depending on how superstitious you are or whatever. I just love it. We're four zero there. Uh, we averaged we averaged 16.3 points per win, which we were undefeated there already. So the average margin of victory was a three-score game, 16.3 points per game. On Sunday, 17 points. It we're just roll, we just keep rolling. Sorry, Oakland. And then by the way, TPT Chiefs football podcast. Thank you. We have a great super chat here. Um uh, real quick. Thanks to you for the super chat and thanks to anyone. You know, we're just coming off Thanksgiving. We're all just so thankful. I'm, I'm in that mood right now where we got Christmas stuff even right now as I speak. I think they're decorating. It's just that great time of year where you just you take stock of, man, we have a lot to be thankful for. And one of the things that we're thankful for here, both Sterling, 
myself and the whole team here. We're just thankful for any of you who read and hang out um, here on the podcast. Uh, but TPT says, what's up, boys? Quick question. Although the Chiefs often struggle this year, is this the easiest playoffs opponents will have in the Mahomes era? Boy, that is a kill. One, that's a killer question. Yeah. Uh, two, Sterling, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I'll get to the offense and the defense. We're going to talk about all that a little bit later on. But as yeah. far as just the playoff schedule, yeah, no Joe Burrow and Bengals, right? So that's obviously one off of the list. While the Bengals might not always be the most talented team, they always play the Chiefs very, very tough. The Bills are going to sneak in at best. Like, they're going to potentially sneak in. I, I don't want them to be the seventh seed if they do, because that would mean, I guess, no, you that wouldn't matter. I guess you would want to be the seventh seed, because the Chiefs, I'm assuming, get the one seed, right? That's the way I'm breaking this down. But the Chiefs get the two. Yeah. You don't want the Bills first round because as much as I don't like uh, the way the Bills are playing this season, they're still a very dangerous team, right? They're a very yeah. dangerous team. But again, yeah, and I, I agree, Phantom. You take no one for granted. I understand that. But again, this is hypothetical here, right? Hypothetically speaking, you know, Jacksonville, I don't think, is a great team. Miami, I think, as the Chiefs have shown, they have their warts. Uh, the Ravens, I think, are probably the the – the most difficult team, but we know Lamar Jackson, if he even plays in the playoffs, that's also a big if right there has not been great. So until he does it, I would like to see it first. You know, the Broncos might get in. Um, I don't know, man. That's a really good question. I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, it, the scoring has been down in the NFL as a whole. So it makes it look like this. I will say the year the Titans got the one seed. That also might play into the, in the, into the equation because the Titans were not good that year. That was the the most fraudulent one seed I've ever seen. So that's the only other year I can make a case for. Yeah, yeah. It, um, by the way, the Ravens right now, I think technically own the number one seed. Correct, because they've not had to buy yet. Correct. Uh, but listen to this schedule. We're like we're going to talk about Raven, or we're going to talk about Raiders game here in a second. But what do you think of this? If you're the Ravens, here's what's coming up. The Rams visit you this Sunday with Sean McVay. Then, then you go on the road to face the Jags. Then you go on the road to face the 49ers. Yeah. Then the Dolphins come to town on New Year's Eve. And then you host the Steelers in the final game of the year. There's not a single gimme in that. And there's a few downright scary opponents. I mean, I would not want Niners and Dolphins back-to-back let alone, and the bookends there are Jags and Steelers. Like, I, is there any, I, they, they can't win out, right? Like, no. that's just an insane schedule. Yeah, and the Chiefs have already played their most difficult stretch of this season. While they still do have the Bills, I believe they have the Bengals as well, if I'm not mistaken. And that's obviously the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Um, schedule is, is going to lighten up tremendously for Kansas City, right? The, the hard part was... Uh, obviously the Eagles and everything, but that was off of a bye. That's kind of a bummer. You lose that game. But again, that was to an NFC opponent. So that doesn't really hurt you quite the same. Yeah, man, the, the Chiefs are in a really good spot. And again, the reason why I said the Ravens, the Ravens defense is the best in the NFL right now by pretty much any single metric you look at them or the Browns, the Chiefs are probably about three or four about most metrics as well as the eye test. Uh, but then again, the Chiefs one struggle has been stopping the run and the Ravens are very good running the ball. Obviously they're better passing than in years past, but if the Chiefs have a quote unquote weakness defensively, that that would be it. While it's not as much of a weakness as in past years, because right now they're middle of the pack compared to just atrocious that's still the one thing that you could probably point out and say the Ravens might have an advantage there. But I will say Nick Bolton will be back by then. 
And that is a huge difference. Love that. Love that. I can't wait for him to get back. Let's look at this. Uh, let's look at this Raiders game, my friend. Um, our whole podcast today is uh, is titled after this guy, Rasheed Rice. Look, you, me, my mom, uh, my my socks, whatever. Everyone's talking about the fact that, you know, look, this guy deserves more targets. On Sunday, the results were there. They were startling. They were, he led the team in targets, and he put up all the numbers. Uh, I want to know what you're thinking in the aftermath of Sunday's game about Rice and his production going forward i guess he played the most snaps for wide receiver last week oh yeah it was rasheed rice with 40 he led wide receivers with 40 which is 67 percent of the snap count share i would still like to actually see a little bit more but i can't complain that much when we're seeing the production and we're seeing his usage rise right yeah. that that's all we want again andy reed is still going to in his system slowly bring along the rookies, right? We we understand this. I still want to see more, but he's at least finally starting to unleash Rice. Uh, he's using him on the outside as well in the slot. He's actually using Rice to take advantage of wherever the mismatch is defensively. Um, and, and he was used tremendously in this game. He had one legit drop, one that was questionable. I don't know if he was really going anywhere anyways. It was more of a bad throw in Mahomes in my in my was, mind. Yeah. But but again, you know, even if you get a drop from Rasheed Rice, you go to you gotta go back to him. He's so electric. He makes plays happen. The yak ability is there, the power is there. Um He's pretty good finding the soft spots in his zone, which is really interesting as a rookie. Typically, that's a, a skill you garner as you play a lot and you become a, vet, a grizzled vet in the NFL, right? But but he still has the athleticism to couple with the smarts, and that is a huge thing to have. I will point out, you don't want to pay $11 million per year for a, for a blocking wide receiver, but get MVS credit because he helped spring open that touchdown for Rasheed. And if you watch that play from the All-22, guess who was wide open yeah. or had a walk-in touchdown? It was MVS. But Mahomes, based on that play, was not going to be able to go through his progressions to see MVS on the blown coverage. It is what it is, right? Unless you would have had seven seconds back there in the pocket, you were never going to see him. So he throws to Rasheed Rice. And instead of MVS pouting, instead of MVS saying, that should be my ball, I had a walk-in touchdown, how many times have you seen guys kind of throw their head back, like almost in disgust, like, dang it, what did he do? Went right there, blocked a guy, walk in, touched him for a sheet. Again, I'm not saying that you want that for $10 million a year, but again, give credit where credit's due. That is the little things that great teams typically possess. But Rasheed Rice, man, I want to see that go higher and higher and higher because just like Creed, he takes his team higher. <laughs> he uh, he has brought us out of our own prison. He is... Uh, um... With one last breath, I, one last breath. I, knew, <laughs> I knew it. I knew this was coming. With one last breath, I'll be screaming, Give me more Rashi Rice with arms. I knew that was coming. Um, so the, the thing about Rashi and um, here, you know, as teams were going to blanket, bracket, smother, it's like going to Waffle House and they order their, their Kelsey. I'll take my Kelsey smothered, covered, and buttered, or whatever you say about. They're hash browns. That's how that's how defensive coordinators would Travis would cover Travis Kelsey um and take him out of the game plan. And it, you're just begging. You're begging for can anyone handle double digit targets so that there's another reliable outlet that deep that 
forces defenses to be more honest. And it felt like in one game that we saw both Pacheco, especially without McKinnon in the lineup, by the way. Yeah. Um, at one point, I don't know if he finished the game that way, but at one point I looked at Pacheco and not only was he running the ball well, but he was also catching four of four targets. Like he five. He ended with five for 34. Okay. So he wasn't even missing there, which just even goes to show the discipline he's grown in his hands. He's got good touch there. Um, like, what's your thought? Like, here's what I'm asking you. Your worries before the Raiders game about the playmakers. How does that compare to your thoughts overall on the playmakers now? Like, before it looked like Kelsey and please, please, please. And then now it's like, oh, do we have an identifiable core? Three cogs that are like, these are our guys. And did it really happen in a week? It's a good question. That's a really good one. And, and I'm hoping like Tom Hood says, I hope Andy has seen the light and hopefully he's not blinded by the light and revved up like it, uh, you know, man for man's earth band. Um, good pull right there. Had to, had to get the other one in there into the uh, the atmosphere, but but no, I hope they did, and I think what they have, and they've always had this, they've had some decent playmakers, and I firmly believe that. I, I do think at times the scheme and what they've had has not meshed. If that makes sense, this was the first time where I think everyone was firing on all cylinders, and they put the players in the best spot to succeed. And I say that, and they let the guys because the wide receiver core was shrunk down because no McColl, no Kadarius, get their feet wet. They actually used Rasheed Rice. They actually used Sky Moore more. Like, I know Sky Moore's been getting a lot of snaps, but but they they got the ball in Sky's hand, and we saw Sky Moore is a playmaker when the ball gets into his hands. He got Marcus Peters cut. I mean, seriously. <laughs> he, he got Marcus Peters cut on that play because he got oh, benched after that and then cut the next day. Yeah. I mean, Sky Moore – Again, give credit where credit's due. I'm not going to always bash guys, and then when they do something well, just pretend it didn't happen because Sky Moore made some plays in that game, right? Like, they got some guys who are starting to progress, and we'll see what happens with McCole and eventually Kadarius Tony comes back. You want to see them into the uh, into the fold. But Justin Watson, MVS, snap cats down. We like that because, again, they kept trying to use those guys as deep ball threats, and while they are on paper, there's not been that connection all season long. So when you, you do that in the second half of the Eagles game, what are you expecting? Even if Mahomes throws the ball to the correct spot, those guys have not shown the ability to come down with it. At some point, like that might be a great play call, but not when you have those wide receivers. So this game, what happened? You kind of reeled it back in, a lot of underneath. and I And I said this. How many bad throws did Mahomes make in this game? Very few. Zero. I mean, like, like how many balls where it could have been intercepted? Like the one ball you can make a case that was like a a tough throw was the best throw, the one to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. I like I would never want him to actually throw that again. So and yet it and yet it was beautiful. So so for me, this was almost a philosophical change. This was a change of all right, after the first quarter, we're getting our ass kicked. Stop trying to do too much. This is not the 2018 team. You don't have those horses. Those horses, not in the stall. That's not what you have. You might have some miniature ponies. But guess what those miniature po- ponies can do? They can still go up and down the field. <laughs> it might not be as quick, but you can still go up and down. And that's yeah. what the Chiefs did. Death by a thousand paper cuts. They ran the ball effectively. When they needed four yards to pick up a first down, they got four yards to pick up the first down. It wasn't explosive. 
The longest rush was eight yards. They had a 39-yard reception by Rasheed Rice that was mostly yak. And they had two pretty big catches by Travis Kelsey. That was it. They took what the defense was giving to them. They didn't get too feisty. They didn't try and do too much. Mahomes reeled it back in, and look what happened. 27-34, 298, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and one big win. Yeah. Yeah, and all the unanswered points. Like, they were in the hole, and it didn't matter because on paper – the talent differential, the coaching experience differential, the the, um, the overall experience between the two teams, the depth—it was all there for the win. And then er, when they go down early, they they could have even easily been down twenty-one nothing. I mean, it could have been Thank even you, more la- even more laughable at that. But but the Chiefs are able to do what they do because they're so much better if they can just stick to it. So I love what you're saying. I I also love the fact. Look. These wide receivers were never going to stay this bad. Never going to stay this bad. Like, like it was laughable that they were dropping the passes that they were. I, I, I'm not saying the room isn't lacking, but like when Mahomes says, "Hey, look," like 99 times out of 100, he's going to make that catch. He's right about MVS like doing that. Like, like 99 seems high. I, I get. I mean, I get what you're saying, but you know, like it's been like it's been laughable at times. Like there have been games, literally, there have been games where I've like laughed at what I'm watching because I just think this is like a there's like a a, a voodoo doll somewhere, and someone is just like poking Andy Reid with a needle or something, making like or they're or like they're on they're like Ashton Kutcher's in the stands punking everyone. Uh, because it's just like a comedy of errors. It's like really a penalty on top of the penalty on top of the drop. And suddenly it's fourth and 25. And then Mahomes goes back and hits him in the freaking helmet. Justin Watson, like a game ago. And you're like, we should still be converting this. And we refuse not to. So yeah, I, um, you know, I think, you know, we've, we saw it last game. There's going to be a regression to the mean, I don't think the Chiefs lead the NFL in drop passes by season's end. I think there's going to be better overall play down the stretch. And we're seeing Andy Reid learn how to use his guys. Brett Veach and Andy said all along uh, that Rasheed Rice, uh, the young guys, were going to slowly add to what they can do by season's end. They're going to be doing different things. We're seeing something different now in week 12 than we even did in week 10. Uh, or nine. So yeah, I'm I'm here for it. And, and I know people are going to say it's the Raiders and, and their bad defense, and I get that. But again, this is a philosophical change, is what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, you're okay. totally right. You're a, totally right. A, they they ran the ball again. It wasn't explosive plays, but effectively enough. You know, Pacheco 15 for 55. That's not great, but again, they they played it well enough. This is a team that just cannot fall behind the chains. They're just not as explosive as they were a few seasons ago. They have to stop with the stupid pre-snap penalties, which is going to be an issue when you have. 24 penalties apiece or 24 penalties total between Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith. And no, that's not an exaggeration. It's 15 to nine. It's 24. Like I know Juwan Taylor has been better, but it's still about one a game. You know, it's been better because it's not two. It's down yeah. to one. Like and Donovan Smith, again, he is what he is. But again, this is what the Chiefs are. They're, they're not as explosive and that's fine. You just have to understand that. And it seems to me that the Chiefs understand that now. They finally have got that to where, okay, it's not 2018. You know, it's not even last year. It's, it's, a, it's just a different beast. And now it seems like to me, hopefully, they figured it out. Let me ask you a couple of key questions about the backfield. Uh, because I have some questions here. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, how would you frame Isaiah Pacheco 
in comparison to other NFL lead backs? Like, would you put him as a top 10, a top, uh, top 15 guy? Would you, um, yeah. How do you rate him there? And, and then I have something else too. That's a very difficult question. Um, because I don't think he's bad by any means, but I think we feel like he's better because he runs so physically. I think because of the way he gets those yards, it almost seems like he's getting more. Again, his longest run was eight yards that game. It's not like he's busting these ones off. He's a decent pass catcher and he's been improving as a pass protector. But again, there's a decent amount of backs I would say is more talented or, or might be better than Isaiah. I mean, when you're going up against a lot of light boxes, at times you're almost wanting to see a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've been serviceable, but they've been fine. I mean, he's starting to pick up those short yard situations where he's good at, but um, he, he's no McCaffrey. I mean, he, he he's no Kamara, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, uh, Joe Mix. I mean, I don't want to start naming off a whole bunch of dudes, but um, probably top 20 is probably where I'd probably put him. That that feels right to me. I was asking because I saw after the game sort of this response of like, when you have a top 10 back, you need to use them more. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm there on him. I'm not sure that – I mean, I like Isaiah a lot. Me too. For, for a seventh-round pick, he's an incredible find. Um, And I'm even fine with him in the role that he is. But I'm also not like – he's not like when we had Kareem Hunt back there, he's not that when Kareem was like, doing his thing and making the cover of sports illustrated back before sports illustrated started making up stories and using AI say allegedly, allegedly, allegedly anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, so I like him. I, you know, Sean Browning says, Pacheco's middle of the pack, but he is exciting to watch with all the angry runs. I agree. He goes two feet underground and then eight yards forward. I like, I, I like the fact that he like, does some kitty litter action or whatever he's doing in motion there and then goes forward. Uh, Stacy Smith says 12 to 15 feels right to me. I could totally see that. Um, I think I'm leaning more toward the high teens, but you know, we're not making an official list here. It, I guess I just don't want to oversell him. Yeah. And I, one thing I'll always say is I typically personally will value pass catching backs a little higher. Like like Austin Eckler, I will value even if the run numbers aren't great. And also, let's be real, the Chargers' offensive line is atrocious. Guys like Tony Pollard, um, sure, you know Pacheco almost to me is the anti, but same ilk as like Rashad White for for Tampa. Sure, complete opposite. Rashad White's not a great runner, but he's a great pass catching back. Whilst I think Pacheco's kind of the opposite, but they'd probably be right around the same if you're going to do like a uh, NFL draft again like a redo or something like that sure sure. gms yeah sure let me ask you another question here saying that we what we did about pacheco which is why i set this up this way how worried are you about an older groin injured jarek mckinnon who's now missing time down the stretch not at all not at all i'm not i mean I still one to ten, like a two. Like if that, if that, I guess not at all is a little bit of a hyperbole there. It's like a two or three out of ten as far as nervousness level. I think Jerick McKinnon's a great pass protector. I really, really like Jerick McKinnon in in general, but 
Pacheco has shown enough to at least keep me calm. Uh, they haven't used McKinnon a ton, even when he was healthy this year in, the, in those roles. That's not what he's been doing. And maybe they were saving him, which I, I kind of was a, a believer. But uh, this is weird for me to say. Clyde's been decent filling in in those four and five snaps a game. Like he, Clyde's been fine. You heard it here, folks. No, but but seriously. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like from what we have seen from him ever since the last couple games, I'm, I'm not seeing his McKinnon. He's not as explosive, but like he's gotten thicker. I, I laugh seeing he looks like Eddie Lacy now. He somehow got more explosive. His best carry, the best carry of anyone on the team was the carry that got called back from, from Juwan. Yeah. He, they've used him as a pass catcher, getting him out there. And he's actually had some nice pass protection pickups. I'll give Clyde some credit here. I, yeah, you're right. You're right to give credit where it's due. That said, when you, um, when you go back over time, over the last few years in the postseason, right? If you look at McKinnon in the postseason, if you look at Damian Williams in the postseason, when the Chiefs are facing a win or go home scenario, the offensive strategy changes. And that tandem back becomes far more important than it ever was at any time during the regular season. When the Chiefs are on the ropes, that becomes a vital offensive cog for whatever reason. And those guys go for crazy yards and they become very valuable red zone targets as well, putting up significant touchdown numbers. So if that's a problem, I don't like it, and that makes me a little bit more nervous about it. Can I give you one cause for optimism? Yeah, of course. One name. It's going to be weird to say. Kadarius Tony. I wonder if when the playoffs come around, that's why they started giving a little more sampling of Kadarius Tony back there. McKinnon ain't good to go. Now, you're not using Tony as a pass protector. Like, like that, that would worry me. But as far as, you know, wide receiver in the backfield, getting a couple carries – I think there's something there. I, I think there's a mini Debo to him. And they, I don't want to say mini Debo because they're just different type of players. Like Debo's thick. Tony's lightning. Like you use them in different ways, even though they're still lined up in the backfield and they both wear number 19 in red. Like I wonder if you would use Tony in those instances of the handoffs and even just the pass catching. I I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Um, I I'm still bullish on Tony. I I know the health issues are are maddening to a large part of the fan base, and I get it. But you know his playmaking ability is still uh, it's better than Rice. It's it's better than really anyone else on the team in terms of do I want the ball in his hands when he's in stride versus anyone else? Forget about it. I, you know I, I love him. Um, but you know also is he is he uh. Yeah. Going to be and, healthy. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing. Let's go to just a couple comments here just to see what they're saying. Um, yeah. Angry Jerk and German, break glass in case of emergency. Tony will get his 10 touches in the divisional round. I'm there for it. Uh, McKinnon is an irreplaceable blocker. He's an animal. That is a facet that is not talked about enough. Um, and I think you're right there. Stacy says, not worried about McKinnon at all at this stage because Pacheco's proving he can catch and pass block a bit. I hope that um, I hope that, that continues. Um, so yeah, we'll see how this goes. 
Tony will break in half within the first five carries. Um, I hate it for that kid. I hate it for that kid because he's a because he's a good kid. Um, in that way, um, you know Bo- you're getting older and you go, he's a good kid. Oh, that's, that's true. A, that's a good that's, kid, right there. Look at me. I'm like uh, I'm basically I'm basically dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still have no idea how old you are. It's, that's the best ongoing bit that you we've really ever don't had. know. I've no, told you before. You did, but we had we were a couple of uh, adult beverages deep, and I still couldn't tell if you were bleeping with me or not. Love it. I'm not. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm telling you. Let's talk. Uh, not enough press has been uh, given to, surprisingly, I'm going to say this, because an overwhelming a a drowning in my an overwhelming drowning me in the press has happened until now uh all we've heard all year long is about Travis Kelsey and you know for obvious reasons but Travis Kelsey for his performance against the Raiders suddenly it was like all about Rasheed Rice and even Pacheco like like wh- how heartened were you by what you saw from Travis on on Sunday very heartened. My heart grew three sizes that day. Like Celine Dion. Your heart will went on. Will My go heart on. went on. Yeah. Um, man, I, I was because you mentioned he was bracketed a lot in that game. And then he still found ways to get open. And the Chiefs, for their credit, what did they do? They put him and Travis Kelsey lined up on the same side together. And at times, Travis on the outside and Rasheed on the inside. They started trying to do that to give matchups for Travis Kelsey. They found a way to try and stop the brackets. Yeah. That was really interesting. So, again, the schematic game plan from Kansas City I thought was impressive. If that's going to continue, you put Rasheed and Travis on the same side, and that's going to be a problem for other teams. I think that's as big as anything is they're finding ways with Travis Kelsey getting bracketed as much as he has, the hits he's taken, um, just the the, the age and injuries – you got to find a way to keep him fresh. He's still on pace to go over a K and we're acting like this dude is, is done. Like, I'm not saying we're acting like he's done, but like folks are acting like, oh man, he's, he's falling off. It's like, he's still the best tight end in football. And he's going to go yeah. over a K. Like yeah. he's, he's still damn good. Um, I think that was as big as anything though, was the schematic game plan that Kansas city came out with. Yeah. Love, love seeing him, love seeing him get to 11,000 yards. Um, and doing so like 40 something games before, before Tony did it, uh, just an amazing, amazing career, amazing performance for a guy who really owned a lot of the blame. Travis kept saying in the last couple weeks, look, I'm not focused like I should be. I'm not practicing like I should be. I'm not ready. Like I should be. He has owned that his part of it and then showed up big in the game against the Raiders and, and was a big part of that comeback. Um, We don't have to touch on this because you and I have batted this back and forth before. However, 
I want to say it was a short, small sample size. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a movie preview right before the feature film. I get it. I get it. But when Donovan Smith had to leave the game and sit down because of a stinger and he, he ends up coming back in and that was fine. But there was the, the, the penalties were there again. And when I saw Wanya Morris rise up, when I heard the choir of angels begin to sing, when I saw the, the lights shine down upon thee, and when I saw him enter the game, he had a couple cool, he had some great blocks there. I mean, it's so small sample size, it's so dumb to pull anything from it. And yet, and yet, I thought, when I was seeing those penalties, especially on Smith, I thought certainly Wanye could do this. Certainly Wanye Morris could do this. You got to be kidding me. Um, she talks to angels. That's you. Dude. You're just singing Black Crows whenever you, you hear Wanye Morris's name. Hey, little thing. Wanye lights my candle because mama, he's sure hard to handle now. Yes, he is. Do Do you like... Are you? Do you finally agree with me that Wanye should be out there, or are you still Team Donovan? I'm Team Donovan for now. Again, I told you I love Wanye Morris. I told you that was my favorite draft pick, you know, you and know, you're giving you're me such a hard time. Yeah, he looked great in five snaps. I get great's obviously a very strong word. He looked yeah. good in in five snaps. He looked fine in five snaps. He didn't have a penalty or a sack or a pressure. We didn't notice him for five snaps, which is good. I noticed him the first play. First play was nice. He was amped up because he blocked until the echo of the whistle and then the echo of the echo of the whistle. That dude was not going to give him. He was amped. Um, but I, I do think sometimes you stick with the devil you know instead of the devil you don't, and you can win with Donovan Smith at left tackle. And that's to me what it comes down to. You can win with Donovan Smith there at left tackle. He's not been atrocious. He's been He's been serviceable. The penalties are an issue, 100%, but he's been serviceable. I don't know if you want to throw a rookie in who might have a chance of making a rookie mistake. That's what it comes down to for me. Donovan Smith, you know what he is. You know what he can do and what he can't do. Wanye, he could probably do a lot of things better, but he might do some things worse, and we just don't quite know that yet, and you won't know until sure. you get him into game action. Mahomes understands what Donovan's going to do. Joe Tooney understands, and Andy Reid knows that he, if he needs help with this guy, he can chip, he can block, he can throw someone else out there. You just don't know with Wanye. That's my concern. I talked to Tim Grunard about this actually yesterday on Monday. Uh, I asked this question just for you. I said, what would you do? Would you want to see some Wanye Morris as the season goes on, maybe uh, a drive here or there? And he said, I, I don't know if you want to do it. I, I don't think you want to. I'm paraphrasing him here, but I, it was along the lines of, I don't think you want to do it in the middle of this season, this late in the season, especially with a veteran. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying you're going to ruffle some feathers because you, you obviously Donovan knows he's not the future here, but just for a multitude of reasons, he just goes, you stick with it. You can win with Donovan and you know his limitations. That right there is enough. And you've won with him. Stick with him. I, I understand that. I've already made my point on previous episodes uh, that I, I think it behooves the Chiefs to uh, figure out what they have in Wanya as much as possible entering another offseason. But uh, I was happy for him uh, just to see him out there. Let's not forget, though, Prince Tega Winogo actually outplayed Niang and Morris out of the preseason to be the swing tackle. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm also curious what he would bring.
Did you buy that jersey? Um, I have that jersey down here, over here. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I uh, I wore it on a previous episode, but my cat is sleeping on it right now. So, um, yeah, that's what my I dog's sleeping on my lap right now. He he went from being feisty because he was fussy, of course, to now he wants to be on my lap. So, well, we were talking about the Raiders. So yeah, he was, he was he all got angry. He yeah. was angry. Yeah. He he literally came out with a knife and tried to come at me, and I'm like, "Whoa, bro!" He's probably like snarls, just just like rabies, and I don't know. We had to stop talking about the Raiders. Snarls Barkley. Snarls Barkley. I love it. I love it. Um, any other fleeting thoughts from the Raiders game for you? I, I think my big overarching takeaway again goes back to the coaching. It goes back to adjustments made. Again, I understand the Raiders are not a great team, but the, the Chiefs' adjustments is what really in, it gives me optimism going forward, not just offensively, but defensively as well. That's the first time they really got punched in the mouth. Like they've been so good so all season yeah. long. They've yeah. not had to adjust. There's been other teams trying to adjust to them, and what happened? Scored 14. Field goal was it in the second half. Devontae Adams, zero catches for zero yards in the second half. Um, that, to me, was my biggest takeaway, was offense and defense both adjusting while throughout the first – 11 games of the season. What was it? Chiefs get off to a lead and either they give it up or they struggle to keep it, right? That's been kind of the, the, the game plan so far. This was different. I'd like to see it. Man. Um, speaking of defense, just before you and I went on the air, the Chiefs elevated uh, a cornerback. They they elevated Echo from uh, from the practice squad um, for, the, I'm assuming, for this weekend. Um, what, what do you think of the addition there? Um, I mean, do you think there's going to be any real playing time at all? I, I doubt there's a lot of PT available for him. It's a little interesting. I, I don't know your thoughts. I'm a little perplexed why they, they elevated him, but Echo Boydo, uh, cornerback played at K-State, little slender build, uh, was very, very good in, uh, preseason and OTAs training camp. Uh, he got the ability to play actually in, in the preseason, they, Signed him just for that. Like he was undrafted guy, didn't expect much. And I mean, he has taken off just based on what I saw. Again, he's not this, he's not like super short, but he's very slender. Like if you look at him sideways, it's, um, it's a piece of paper. Like, like, I mean, he's, he's skinny, but he's not afraid to tackle. Like we saw that, right? We saw that. I still remember him in the training camp or in the preseason taking down wide receiver. I'm like, wow, there's some heart there. He uh, stuck with the guys. I am I was impressed by him, by Echo Boydo, and, and I wonder if that carries over. Obviously, preseason is very different from the regular season. You know, a lot of times he was going up against wide receiver twos and threes. We'll see how that translates to now. It also remains to be seen how much PT he would get. But I was I was impressed by him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. It, it, the timing is interesting to me because it's not right before the game. It's not like we've been through a week of injuries to see what's up. It makes me wonder what injuries we'll see mm. as injuries as they begin to practice, or, um, you know, is there is there something else happening roster wise that that like like did another team try to claim him off of the practice squad, and they have to protect him now? It'll that'll be interesting to me. So good question. We'll, we'll keep our eye out for either rumors that someone was interested. Or that, um, or you know, we'll look at the first injury report on Wednesday's practice. Uh, we'll hear from the team there. 
because I'm looking at the cornerback breakdown right here. You know, obviously Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, they're going to be, I, I think, safe. Jalen Watson played 25 snaps. Uh, Joshua Williams played 10. But again, I think Joshua Williams' physicality brings something a little different. He also played 77% on special teams. Nick Jones, uh, the rookie seventh rounder, he played 14 snaps on special teams, none in the game. I don't know if that's just a little switch up there. That's the only name I can possibly think about that would have any sort of uh, got to watch out. But even that, I, I would be surprised. So I think you're more in the camp of uh, the right camp, if you will, if maybe someone tried to claim him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would think if you like his long-term potential. The, the Chiefs um, are going to have the best read on what they have there. So, yeah, that, that just made me curious. Um, by the way, I, I was talking – I was chatting with our writers in our writer's room uh, for Arrowhead Addict, we all use kind of the same chat program and, and we're talking. And one of them said, how about a turnaround for Dave Tobe? And I was like, man, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Like, we've kind of piled it on. But Harrison Bucker is having a perfect season. Uh, Tommy Townsend is again putting up the sort of numbers that, like, he was an all-pro last year. Um, and then guess who's like, stopped fielding punts like there's been some changes there richie <laughs> do we need to give dave tobe some credit for hey there's like he's we've cleaned up some mistakes back there yeah i, I think you do again this has been a show of when dudes play poorly we're going to criticize and when dudes play well we're going to give them their flowers and i think dave tobe um deserves a lot of credit like I, I, I do. Everyone who's ever played under Dave Tobe or has been in the NFL always says how great of a head coach or how great of a special teams coach he is, right? Everyone's going to go through stretches where they have question marks. Um, he's been good. He's been real good. And I, I do think Richie James has been a helpful addition back there, a veteran punt returner. You know, he's not making some rookie mistakes. He catches the rock. The one he didn't was pre-injury when he got the ball lost in the sun in Jacksonville. Uh, and that was literally just because it was locked in the sun. It wasn't a case that he didn't know. He, that was different, I think, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I do think he needs some some credit, in my opinion. And by the way, that first quarter, I kept thinking that reminds me of 2012 with the quick kick, with the punt. And you're just like, punt on third down. Just do it. Just Tommy Townsend was the only good thing in the first quarter. I'm like, I'm like, there we go. I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, but By the way, punt, uh, Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl building just opened. Um, how many Chiefs do you think, like, without being a homer? Yeah. How many Chiefs do you think deserve to be there? Well, will it matter because the Chiefs will be playing in the Super Bowl? You know, who officially voted in. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, good. Let's go through some names together, Connor. Let's say in or out, okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First one. Starting special teams, give him the props. Let's start with Harrison Butker, who's been perfect. Yeah, he's in. He's in I, for sure. Yeah. I think Butker's in. As great as Justin Tucker is, he ain't been as good as Butker this year. I'm going. You Butker. can't have a perfect. You can't yeah. be perfect and not make it. I just don't see it. So I think Butker, Tommy Townsend, yay or nay? Would people really give both specialists to the Chiefs as good as they are? I don't think so. I, I'm going to say no for for for. Towns and not saying he's not deserving, but that's exactly what I'm thinking. Not that he's not deserving, but you, you're not gonna, I don't know. It just, yeah, 
Okay. So let's we agree there. No wide receivers. Travis Kelsey, yes. Travis Kelsey's still getting in. Yep, he's in. He's in. Offensive line. I think you get in Creed Humphrey. Uh Creed Humphrey. I think Tooney's in. I think Tooney's in as well. I think Creed Humphrey for sure, although I will give a shout out to Lloyd Cushenberry the third for Denver. He's been very good, but I'm still going Creed Humphrey. I I want Humphrey there because yes. I I love and, and he's the best in the NFL. Let's be real. Um, okay. So I'm going. I'm, I'm going Humphrey, and I'm going to go um, Joe Tooney. So that's we're at three, right? No, four with Travis Kelsey. Yep. Mahomes. Is Mahomes getting Mahomes because he's Pro Bowl, not All Pro. So Mahomes for sure is getting. I think he would get All Pro either way, but I think for sure Mahomes is in. So that's five. Five. Okay. Uh, Pacheco's not getting in. Let's nope. be, I, I like Pacheco. He's not getting in. No defense. Noah Gray's not getting in. All right. Uh, Chris Jones. I think. I think. He, I think he's in. I think he's in. I think as he's absolutely in. As much as I want to say Karloftis, I don't think he gets it this year. I think he. When you're young, you have to really put up huge numbers before you get your name out there, and then you would go, "Oh yeah, I remember him." He even if the numbers aren't quite as good. We're, we're trying to use some uh, – Dude, you're in the same conference as TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. It's just not happening. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's it on the defensive line, correct? Yep. Yep. L- linebacker. As good as they've played, there's not one guy that you would go, oh, yeah, he – he get rid of Micah Parsons and put in that guy. Like you're, like, you're not doing that. Bolton's been hurt, so that's going to hurt him. Because right. he's the biggest name of the he's group. He's the biggest name. Willie Gay Jr.'s had a great year. Willie Gay Jr.'s had an incredible year, and I feel bad because I think he's going to be snubbed. I, I think Willie Gay Jr. this year deserves it, but I don't think he's going to get it. And, okay. and that and that's going to be a bummer for me. Um, and then cornerback and secondary in general, I think you're looking at uh, – Now, here's interesting. McDuffie for sure. First, okay. McDuffie. I, I don't think there's a question about it. I hope so. He's only in the second year. And this is his first full year because he missed half his rookie year with a hamstring injury, seven games. But he has, in prime time, had every national pundit talking about his greatness. So that normal acceleration of just like needing time to become the talking point, McDuffie has fully taken advantage of of playing for a team that's always in the in the spotlight. Yes, and he's always been good. In the spotlight. Yes. And I think Sneed. I think Sneed gets in this year. I think he finally gets the nod. I, he's been so good and they've been starting to talk more about him nationally. Yeah. Which yeah. sucks for the Chiefs in contract negotiations, but it's great for Legereus and his proposition of being a Pro Bowl this year. Chiefs have two Pro Bowl corners. Agreed? Agreed. Amazing. I mean, I, I agree. I think he deserves it. I think McDuffie deserves it. I think they're both outstanding it's kind of crazy though that the chiefs have uh yeah uh our producer sean said sneed held aj brown who's an eagles fan by the way our producer tonight sean filling in for richard says he held aj brown to one catch in prime time put him in agreed agreed sean thanks for that uh yeah i i hope i hope that both those guys make it um so how many does that give us Two, three defensively, one special teams, Travis and Mahomes is six, and then two offensive. That's eight. I don't I don't know if the Chiefs get eight. 
that's eight. And we even left off Tommy Townsend just because we didn't think they'd get that many. Yeah. So we actually think nine should make it. We scaled it back to eight to be more realistic. And I see and then, Leo Chanel. Leo Chanel has been incredible this year. I love watching him play, but I would be shocked if Leo got the nod. I would oh, be. Man. I would I mean, be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chanel's been good, but let's be honest. You like, you know, NFL players, coaches, fans, whoever, you're going to have 50 names before Leo Chanel. Um, You'd have Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay on there before Leo Chanel. So I think so too. Yeah. Um I don't that makes me question both corners. I you know Sauce Gardner's getting in. Yep. I also don't know about Creed. I don't know about Creed. Oh, bleep you, man. I dude, I I'm all in on Creed. Well, how many centers do you keep on the Pro Bowl? You get like three. Oh, I thought you just had the one spot. You have don't you have like two or three? Because they take multiple quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky was a Pro Bowl quarterback. He ain't QB one. <laughs> True. Let's hope. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But um, uh, Lucas says I think Snead's penalties may hurt his case. Unfortunately, though, I hope that I'm wrong. It could be right. I mean, it, you know, it. it um, yeah, it, Pro Bowl voting this year will be very, very interesting. Um, some holdovers are automatic that the Chiefs will benefit from, but also some new guys are really going to have to push their way in. So, yeah. Anyway, we have we have eight. We're sticking with eight. I like it. Um, and if and if he doesn't, we if we don't get eight, we're throwing hands with anyone who voted not for Chiefs people. <laughs> we're doing it. We're gonna find them. Uh, Chiefs again says I didn't know McDuffie was that good. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. If you don't know McDuffie, uh, McDuffie at this point could look at Chris Jones across the room and go, "There's at least a conversation about which one of us is more important to this defense." At least a conversation. Yeah, you're. It's now like we're peers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Jones is still the cornerstone. I'm not saying otherwise, but I'm saying there's another face in the room that now goes. Yeah, yeah, the whole league should know me, and the whole league should fear me. Yeah. And you just happen to be another guy that's true about too. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, Well, anyway, look, we've come to the end of another episode. Uh, folks, you've been hanging around with us. Of course, we, we so appreciate you guys uh, doing so. Um, and if you've been with us, you know that when we get to the end of the episode, we do a thing called the must list. That's the point where Sterling and myself and our producer uh, recommend something. I didn't ask Sean. So, Sean, from Philly, you're on the spot. Do you want to join us for this, or is this a no-go for you? He says, give me a minute. In no, our, give me a minute. What, what in our this? private chat. What are you talking about, Sean? What, like, let me think. Let me think. What kind of a weird out is this? This isn't yeah. like a... Dude, this is like your big moment, your shining star. You like with one shining moment, you reach for the stars. There he is, folks. Uh, welcome, Sean. Good to see you, man. What's up, guys? A little Christmassy in the background. I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's feeling warm in the in the daily household. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Sean, what we do is we all recommend something. It's just random. Anything you've read, watched, listened to. 
It could be peanut butter and jelly, like anything that you're into lately. Uh, since we put you on the spot, we might as well keep you there. Let's start with you, Sean. Do you have something you, uh, what are you recommending? And you're a guest. You get to address our, our listeners, viewers for the first time. What do you want to leave us with? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to add to the must list, a, a real Christmas tree. Um, I've been going back and forth uh, on fake tree, real tree. Uh, and my wife convinced me to get a, a real tree again this year. And honestly, it just did. The house smells nice. It feels right. Um, it looks nice. Uh, so I would just say a real Christmas tree I'm putting on here. Wait, what? So what's the bonus? I'm, I've never in my life, um, in all the 17 years I've been alive, uh, I've never had a real tree ever. You, um, I'm all artificial. Like why do you, about me. Why do you hate Christmas? Why? Well, so that's what why I Why do you hate kids? Because I think, well, gosh, isn't that just super dirty? I hate getting dirty. Why would I get dirty? Um, the so, sap gets all over you, and then you smell delicious. <laughs> it's minimally dirty. It's like there's a little bit of pines on the ground. I think it's also about like the experience of going out, and we were even allowed to chop it down at the one Christmas tree farm. So, like, I don't know. You make a day out of it. Bring the dog. I don't know. It smells nice. I think, I think the positives probably outweigh the negatives. Okay. You nailed it, Sean. You nailed it. Is it a? Uh, by the way, is it high maintenance? Like, do you have to like water it and and feed yes. it? Yeah, I don't know. Like water. I think on the downside of it, I think it becomes a fire hazard if you don't water. So <laughs> that's that is the negative. <laughs> yeah, Steve just posed fire trap. Don't do it. Tree ends up everywhere. Needles. Nah. <laughs> there you go. Steve is my spirit animal in the in the. Uh, in the comments, uh, that's good. No, that's good, Sean. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Uh, what do you What do you think, uh, Sterling? What's your must list for this week? Uh, a real Christmas tree. Uh, that's also my. I'm gonna double down. No, I'm going the number of the beast album by Iron Maiden, 1982, glorious album, first album with Bruce Dickinson as the singer, right? Was it Paul Danico? He was out for the first two albums. Bruce Dickinson, enter him. Also the final album with drummer Clive Burr. Uh, but this is a really good album from top to bottom. Obviously, everything about it is just a masterpiece. It's just an absolute masterpiece. Um, you know it's good when Dream Theater does an entire cover of the album in 2002. little fun fact for you there. Dream Theater did an entire... They a did. live cover of that. Yeah, they do on their shows. Um, so I'm going with uh, going with that. That's what I'm rocking with. Sean, are you an Iron Maiden guy? Uh, I'm not, but I trust Sterling's taste. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, you, know, you don't have to trust his taste. Yeah. He has good taste, but yeah. What, do you not like Iron Maiden? Are you kidding me? No. I'm, look, man, I'm a stranger in a strange land. I get you. I'm just saying, you know. By the way, do your best Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> I knew No, I was about to say, Hallowed Be Thy Name. I was about to, about to sing it, and I just... I, yeah, sing it. Let's hear it. Dude, I can't do it. Dude, I've been talking with this voice the whole show. You can do Bruce Dickinson. I shit you not, I can't. This might blow out people's speakers. Do it from far away. I can't. Just give us something. I can't sing that high. You can. You just don't want to. Do it. Hello, be thy name. That's all we got. That's all we got. I can't, I, that's as high as I can go. I can't go any higher. I like it. I like Not it. Bad. 
Uh, by the way, Conway Liddy had a good point here. 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. I talk about this all the time. That is my favorite rap album. It is perfection from, from, from top to bottom. Uh, so good. It is? That's your favorite rap album? I think so, yeah. I think if I had a say one, really good. It's up there. The Chronic, obviously, by Dr. Dre is up there as well. But uh, Yeah, but man, like uh, Public Enemy takes a nation of millions to hold us back or... Mm. Um, for me though, I was nine, I believe when get Richard Die trying came out. And that was a huge, huge thing for me when I was wearing my Sharif Abdul Rahim Jersey, listening to that and thinking, wow, this what speaks a, to me. Well, yeah, I got, I didn't even think like good kid, Matt city. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, I don't know. I, man, we should have a whole conversation about We this. could dude. Uh, I don't know. Real slim shady Marshall Mathers LP. Those, those two got to be in the equation. I, and I, I don't know. We got a lot. We got a lot there. Uh, the Carter three, the Carter four. I mean, sheesh. We'll we'll see. I uh, my must list for this week. I'll um. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I really didn't know what to what to recommend this week because I've been out of town and then sick. But then I called. You know what I'm not recommending? Parades. Parades of millions of people. I'm 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 recommending not to go to New York during Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's that's my must list this week. I'm I'm helping all the people avoid all the sickness. There you go. Mm. You um, that's a horrible way to end the show, isn't it? Like with a don't do this. Who cares, folks? Uh, if you've been listening, you're with uh, with our our buddy Sean. Filling in for Richard. Uh, I don't know if Richard's sick or not, but we uh, we wish him well wherever he's at. Uh, my name is Matt Connor. I'm with Sterling Holmes here. He is with his puppy Bailey, um, and I've got my cat Murph on the floor for all four of us, furry or not, mustachioed or not. Uh, we wish you the best of the beginning of this holiday season, and as always, thanks for listening. And hanging out with us. We'll be here later on tomorrow. Adam Best. I'll be here with Sterling for Wacky Wednesday. Patrick Allen on Thursday. Uh, we got a whole slate for you before the Chiefs take on the Green Bay Packers uh, on Sunday. So until then, go Chiefs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.